Good afternoon. This is Caleb Arnd with the Walk with God podcast. Today is Saturday, March 21st, 2020, and we're going to be reading from Psalm 64, Numbers chapter 32 through chapter 33, verse 39, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 22, and Luke chapter 4, verses 31 through uh, chapter 5, verse 11 today. Before we get started, let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer. We're going to be praying about our nation, about the coronavirus. We're going to pray for colleges, for schools, for private Christian schools, for teachers, for those that are really being impacted by this with and uh, possibly their jobs and their work and their businesses even being impacted by this and the churches. I know that they're being hit really hard with this as well. All right, let's let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you Lord God for another day on your creation that we can use to worship honor and glorify you, Lord, and to praise you. And Father, help us to worship you in a way that is pleasing unto you. Help us to worship in creative ways since we cannot meet together now. Help us to worship you by lifting up our voices in songs, even when we're at home and when we're going about our business and our job. Help us to lift up our voices in prayer to you each day as we go about our day, both in private time with you and also just everything that we do, whether work or visitation or school or anything. Help us to um, worship you, Lord, by serving you. Help us to be a good witness for you, I pray, and to extend that encouragement and that help out to others that need it. Lord, we pray for the teachers. We pray for the schools. We pray for the colleges. Please open their doors, Lord. We pray for our country and our nation. Please stop this virus. Please annihilate it and eradicate it and destroy it and stop it. Lord, please bind it as uh, you would bind a strong man or as you would bind a demon or bind sin. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would cast it far from each and every person in the United States and throughout the world. Lord, help them to see that it is you who deliver us, who heal us from this virus and from this plague. Lord, we pray for the pastors. We pray for the churches. We pray for all those that are missing are assembling together, Lord, to worship you together. Lord, I pray that you would give pastors the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding to make the wise and smart uh, choices and decisions that they need to make. Help us as uh, people uh, who are underneath your under-shepherd that you have placed uh, underneath your instruction and command, Lord. Help us to follow our pastor well and diligently. Help us to be active and to be a support. Help us to be creatively following you. Lord, please give us the ideas of how we can encourage and uplift and support one another, how we can stay connected and how we can continue to learn and to grow in your word and in your spirit. Lord, please bless this time that we have together. Lord, please heal those that are sick and those that are fighting against this or fighting against cancer, fighting against things that are trying to bring them down, Lord, and bring their bodies down to the grave even. Lord, we pray for healing for them. Lord, let your holy will be done, I pray. And Father, please be with us today. Please give us your message that you have for us from your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, we're going to read from Psalm 64 today, and it says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword, and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him, and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune of laying snares privily. They say, who shall see them? 
They search out iniquities. They accomplish a diligent search. Both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded. So they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All that they see them shall flee away. And all men shall fear, and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord, and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. David is crying unto the Lord. He's pleading with the Lord for the Lord to hear his voice. Hear my voice, he says, O God, in my prayer, and preserve my life from fear of the enemy. He states the, the current state of the enemy and the things that they do, and Ask for the Lord to hide him from that counsel of the enemy. The enemy, uh, the wicked, they are seeking to trip him up, to trip up the, the righteous, the perfect. They are seeking, and they even seek today, to try to uh, use slander against us. They commune with laying of snares. They try to set traps for us. They try to set, up, uh, set us up with either loaded questions or loaded arguments, and they try to uh, trip us up. They try to seek for iniquities. They... Uh, it says they accomplish a diligent search, and they do this today. They try to find any speck or spot of problem or evil or sin in the lives of those that try to serve God, and they try to use that against them and try to turn other people against those, those pastors and those servers of God because of that. But it says, God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded. God's deliverance and God's uh, rebukes and God's um, strikes against these enemies and against these wicked come suddenly and perfectly in his perfect good will. And then they shall fall by upon themselves by their own tongue and the righteous shall be glad in the Lord. We can know that and trust that the Lord will deliver us. Now we're going to turn to the book of Numbers, and we're going to read from chapter 32 through 33, verse 39. Chapter 32 says, Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that behold, the place was a place for cattle, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spake unto Moses, and unto Eleazar the priest, and unto the princes of the congregation, saying, Adaroth, and Dibon, and Jazer, and Nimrah, and Heshbon, and Elielah, and Shebom, and Nebo, and beyond. Even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle, and thy servants have cattle. Wherefore, said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for a possession, and bring us not over Jordan. And Moses said unto the children of Gad, and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war, and shall ye sit here? And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them? Thus did your fathers when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up in, unto the land of Eshcol and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. And the Lord's anger was kindled the same time, and he sware, saying, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from twenty years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness for forty years, until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was 
was consumed. And behold, ye are risen up in your father's stead, an increase of sinful men, to augment yet the fierce anger of the Lord toward Israel. For if ye turn away from after him, he will yet again leave them in the wilderness, and ye shall destroy all this people." And they came near unto him, and said, We will bid, build sheepfolds here for our cattle, and cities for our little ones. But we ourselves will go ready armed before the children of Israel, until we have brought them unto their place. And our little ones shall dwell in the fenced cities, because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return unto our houses, until the children of Israel have inherited every man his inheritance. For we will not inherit with them on yonder side Jordan, or forward, because our inheritance is fallen to us on this side Jordan eastward. And Moses said unto them, If you will do this thing, if you will go armed before the Lord to war, and will go all of you armed over the Jordan before the Lord, until he hath driven out his enemies from before him, and the land be subdued before the Lord, then afterward ye shall return, and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel, and this land shall be your possession before the Lord. But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure, your sin will find you out. Build you cities for your little ones, and folds for your sheep, and do that which hath proceeded out of your mouth. And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben spake unto Moses, saying, Thy servants will do as the, my Lord commandeth. Our little ones, our wives, our flocks, and all our cattle shall be there in the cities of Gilead. But thy servants will pass over, every man armed for war, before the Lord to battle, as my Lord saith. So concerning them, Moses commanded Eleazar the priest, and Joshua the son of Nun, and the chief fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel. And Moses said unto them, If the children of Gad and the children of Reuben will pass with you over Jordan, every man armed to battle before the Lord, and the land shall be subdued before you, then ye shall give them the land of Gilead for a possession. But if they will not pass over with you armed, they shall have possessions among you in the land of Canaan. And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben answered, saying, As the Lord hath said unto thy servants, So will we do. We will pass over arm before the Lord into the land of Canaan, that the possession of our inheritance on this side Jordan may be ours. And Moses gave unto them, even to the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, and unto half the tribe of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, the kingdom of Sion, king of the Amorites, and the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, the land with the cities thereof in the coasts, even the cities of the country round about. And the children of Gad built Dibon, and Ataroth, and Aroer, and Atroth Shophan, and Jezer, and Jogbedeh, and Beth Nimrah, and Beth Haran, fence cities, and folds for sheep. And the children of Reuben built Heshbon, and Elielah, and Kiriathaim, and Nebo, and Baalmeon, their names being changed, and Sibma, and gave other names unto the cities which they builded. And the children of Machir, the son of Manasseh, went to Gilead, and took it, and dispossessed the Amorite which was in it. And Moses gave Gilead unto Machir, the son of Manasseh, and he dwelt there. And Jair, the son of Manasseh, went and took the small towns thereof, and called them Havath Jair. And Nobah went and took Kenath, and the villages thereof, and called it Nobah, after his own name. Chapter 33 These are the journeys of the children of Israel which went forth out of the land of Egypt with their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. And Moses wrote their goings out according to their journeys by the commandment of the Lord, and these are their journeys according to their goings out. And 
They departed from Ramses in the first month, on the fifteenth day of the first month. On the morrow, after the Passover, the children of Israel went out with an high hand in the sight of all the Egyptians. For the Egyptians buried all their firstborn, which the Lord had smitten among them. Upon their gods also the Lord executed judgments. And the children of Israel re removed from Ramses and pitched in Succoth. And they departed from Succoth, and pitched in Etham, which is in the edge of the wilderness. And they removed from Etham, and turned again unto Pi-Hahiroth, which is before Baal-Zephon, and they pitched before Migdal. And they departed from before Pi-Hahiroth, and passed through the midst of the sea into the wilderness, and went three days' journey in the wilderness of Etham, and pitched in Mara. And they removed from Mara, and came unto Elim, and in Elim were twelve fountains of water, and threescore, and ten palm trees, and they pitched there. And they removed from Elim, and encamped by the Red Sea. And they removed from the Red Sea, and encamped in the wilderness of Sin. And they took their journey out of the wilderness of Sin, and encamped in Dafkah. And they departed from Dafkah, and encamped in Alush. And they removed from Alush, and encamped at Rephidim, where was no water for the people to drink. And they departed from Rephidim, and pitched in the wilderness of Sinai. And they removed from the desert of Sinai, and pitched at Kibroth Hatava. And they departed from Kibroth Hatava, and encamped at Hazaroth. And they departed from Hazaroth, and pitched in Rithma. And they departed from Rithma, and pitched at Rimon Perez. And they departed from Rimon Perez, and pitched in Libna. And they removed from Libna, and pitched at Risa. And they journeyed from Risa, and pitched at Kehelathah. And they went from Kehelathah, and pitched in Mount Shafer. And they removed from Mount Shafer, and encamped in Harada. And they removed from Harada, and pitched in Machiloth. And they removed from Machiloth, and encamped at Tahath. And they departed from Tahath, and pitched at Tara. And they removed from Tara, and pitched in Mithka. And they went from Mithka, and pitched in Hashmona. And they departed from Hashmona, and encamped at Moserath. And they departed from Moserath, and pitched in Bene Jakan. And they removed from Bene Jakan, and encamped at Hor Hagigad. And they went from Hor Hagigad, and pitched in Jotbatha. And they removed from Jotbatha, and encamped at Ebrona. And they departed from Ebrona, and encamped at Ezion Giber. And they removed from Ezion Giber, and pitched in the wilderness of Zin, which is Kadesh. And they removed from Kadesh, and pitched in Mount Hor, in the edge of the land of Edom. And Aaron the priest went up into Mount Hor at the commandment of the Lord, and died there in the fortieth year, after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt, in the first day of the fifth month. And Aaron was an hundred and twenty and three years old when he died in Mount Hor. Now in chapter 32 of the book of Numbers, the children of Israel had just defeated the Midianites who had tried to deceive them and tried to divide them and tried to conquer them. And the Israelites had just defeated them and had just given unto the Lord tithes and offerings and free will sacrifices of everything that they had won from that battle. And they had conquered these cities in the cities of the Sion and the Amorites and then the Midianites in the eastern side of Jordan and in those eastern and northern areas there on the eastern side of Jordan. And Gad and Reuben look at this land and they see that it's a, a grassland and so it's a good land for their multitude of cattle that they have. And so they go to Moses and they propose that instead of getting land in the land of Canaan on the western side of Jordan with all the rest of the children of Israel, they would like this side. They would like this grassland that would be good for their cattle. And Moses at first gets very angry with them because he thinks that they are trying to get out of going over the Jordan with all of the rest of their brethren, all the rest of the tribes of Israel to conquer the land as the Lord had commanded them. 
But they, uh, they say unto Moses, no, we don't want to get out of obeying the Lord. We just, we see that this land is good for the grassland, for our cattle, and we would like this one. So just let us build these cities, build these uh, sheep herds, these sheep fences and, and the sheep gates and things that will allow us to protect our cattle and keep them safe and let our servants here, let our, our wives and our children here in the cities that we have built up and uh, set high high fences and high walls and high gates for to protect them and then we'll go over Jordan with all of the rest of our brethren and we'll help conquer the land to deliver it into our our brethren's hand and so this appeases Moses when he realizes that he, they're not trying to do something that is against the will of the Lord they're just they see something that is here that they would like instead. Now, the problem with this is that there was enough land in the land of Canaan, in the land that will be known as the land of Israel for all 12 of the tribes of Israel. And so uh, Reuben and Gad are um, deciding something for themselves that is not a very wise decision in looking at at it from a historical perspective of uh, this is what happens later because on this eastern side of Jordan they are giving up the natural boundary of the land and the natural protection of the river of Jordan which would protect their people more than the walled cities that they have because any armies that are now approaching the land of Israel to attack the land of Israel will be able to get to them first without them having to ford at certain points the river of Jordan which would allow the people of Israel to gather their armies together to defeat, defend and defeat armies just at those fords and at those rivers. Um, but this will um, create Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh that stays out here in this eastern side. This will make them an easy and earlier target for any armies that come in. Also, it will uh, make it harder for uh, Reuben and Gad and Manasseh to gather their armies together with all the rest of the armies of Israel later in time. Now in chapter 33 of the book of Numbers, it recites the history of Israel after they left the land of Egypt, when they went into um, the land just to the west of the Red Sea, when they crossed through the Red Sea and the, well, the waters were parted for them, when they went to the wilderness of Sin, when they went to the Mount of Sinai and the wilderness of Sinai, and then all of their different journeys, all the places that they camped at along their wilderness wanderings, when they reached close to the land of milk and honey, to the land of Israel, but then were sent away for 40 years to wander through the wilderness, and it records every one of those locations that they stayed at during those 40 years. And our reading stops today at verse 39, where it records the high priest Aaron's death at his age of 123 years old at Mount Hor, where in verse 39 it says he died in Mount Hor. Now we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs. We're going to read from the book of Proverbs chapter 11 today and verse 22. So Proverbs chapter 11 verse 22. If you have your Bible, please turn to uh, that section with me. And it says, as a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. And so it's uh, making a comparison here between a jewel of gold, something that's very valuable, and a swine's snout. So something that's very valuable, but on something, an animal, that just cannot comprehend its value, that cannot, uh, is not worthy of the value of this jewel, of this precious substance, it says. And it says, and it draws the comparison, so is a fair woman, which is without discretion. And so the comparison is, 
uh, for a beautiful woman. It says a fair woman, somebody that is pretty, which is without discretion. But she doesn't have any prudence. She doesn't have any wisdom. She doesn't have any tact. And it's saying that a woman that doesn't have this wisdom, this prudence, this tact. And I think that we can draw the same conclusion about men, men that don't have wisdom, prudence, tact, and good behavior and good actions, uh, even if they are handsome or pretty or beautiful, or even if they um, do look good, it, without that tact, it's just, it's like wasted uh, substance on a, an animal or a beast that would not comprehend it or is not using it well and cannot value its worth and so it's useless and it's a quite a disappointment too and so we should use this to understand that um, our beauty especially to God is on the inside he recognizes that and we should recognize that by his wisdom a jewel of gold is more of value of good discretion, good character, right actions and heart and attitudes. Now we're going to turn to the book of Luke and we're going to read from chapter 4 verse 31 through chapter 5 verse 11. So turn with me please to Luke chapter 4 verse 31 and it says, And came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the mist, he came out of him, and hurt him not. And they were all amazed, and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. And he arose out of the synagogue, and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. And he stood over her, and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose, and ministered unto them. Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him. And he laid his hands on every one of them, and healed them. And devils also came out of many, crying out, and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the people sought him, and came unto him, and stayed him, that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. Luke chapter 5. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them, and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down, and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon, answering, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came, and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. 
When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Here in Luke chapter 4, verse 31, where we started reading today, we see that the Lord Jesus Christ had just came from his own home city of Nazareth, where he had grown up. And the people of Nazareth had rejected him, and they tried to kill him and throw him from a cliff. And so he leaves Nazareth after they reject his word and reject his scripture and his gospel, the good news that he had brought to them. And he goes down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. So uh, here we see the principle and the purpose that the Lord had made for the Sabbath days, that people would gather together, and he would go and he used this as an opportunity to witness to all of those people in the synagogues on the Sabbath days, just as all the Jewish customs were, and all the Jews were that were there, would go and worship. He would use that to witness to people, to preach to people, and says they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And he wasn't saying that um, because of this, and because of this, and because of this, you should believe me. He's saying, believe me, for I am sent to you. I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And he fulfills it also with the power of being able to heal and to cleanse and to cast out evil spirits. And in verse 33, it says, An unclean devil cried out with a loud voice and saying, Let us alone, and testifying that Jesus Christ is the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebukes him and says, Hold his peace and hold thy peace and come out of him. So Jesus is casting out devils and he is rebuking them for declaring unto him, and declaring unto the people what is not yet right for him to be declared as, which is the Holy One of God, which is the Christ, which is the Messiah. And so he is here to save people from their sins and not let them be distracted by evil spirits testifying about him. And it says they were all amazed, and the fame went around about him in that country because of his healings, because of his uh, meeting the needs of the people, because of casting out unclean spirits, and because of his uh, doctrine that he preached in the synagogues. Then he goes to Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, it says, and they besought him for her. And so she's sick with this fever, and Jesus just rebukes the fever, and she's instantly healed. And then she gets up and begins serving them and ministering unto them, it says. And so at, when it's now night, the night of the Sabbath, so this is the completion of the Sabbath day. The end of the day is in the evening, and when the sun goes down on the Sabbath day in the Eastern culture here, in the uh, Israel culture and so all the people now that the sabbath day is over begin bringing people that are sick unto him so that they could be healed and it says that any with diverse diseases brought them unto him and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them he didn't just lay his hand on some of them he didn't just lay his hands on all of them and some of them got healed he laid his hands on every one of them and every one of them got healed this is the miraculous working healing power of the holy god that every single word that he speaks is, does not return void. Every single word that he speaks of healing is instantly and miraculously powerfully healed and done. 
And uh, the devils also, he cast out many, it says, Thou art Christ, the Son of God, and rebuked them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. So then he goes into a desert place. He goes out and he seeks alone time with God the Father and prayer time. And we should seek this every day as well, our alone time and our prayer time with God the Father. And it came to pass then that when the people were seeking for him again, they found him by the lake of Gennesaret. And the people and the land there, it was too kind of small of a place for them to gather there. And so he gets in Simon Simon's ship. Simon pushes out from the land for him a little bit so that it can work as a natural amphitheater and that all the crowds could listen to him while he's preaching and speaking unto them. And then when he's done giving his sermon to the people, when he's done speaking to them, he talks to Simon and says, okay, go out and cast into the sea to try cast your net in to try to catch more fish and simon says okay, i don't know might have said it kind of like with a little bit of attitude or something but or he might just said it like explainingly trying to say that we cast and we have been fishing all night and these are not just uh casual fishermen these are professional fishermen this is their career this is their job every day they are out fishing mending their nets casting all of over and over again in the night when is the best time for the fish to come up where the water is now cooler at the top of the water where they can come up and not be baked by the sun during the daytime. So at night they come up. At night is when they're feeding. At night is when it's best to try to catch these fish. And they said that we've been fishing all night and we still haven't caught anything. But at thy word, we'll cast in the nets. And so immediately, as soon as they cast in the net, their net is loaded with fish, more than they could possibly carry themselves, and the net even begins to break with the number of them. So they call over to John and James, hey, come help us, come help us, we, we need your help, the net's breaking, it's so full of fish. And so then immediately after this, we see that Simon falls on his knees before uh, Jesus, the Lord, and says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. For he was astonished, and all that were with them, at such a large amount of fish that were given to them, that they had caught now. And so also it says, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus says unto them, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. So they gave up their fishing. They gave up their boats. They gave up their business. They gave up their careers. They gave up everything that they had to follow Jesus because they recognized that he was the one that was come to save them. He is the one that came who called them as a rabbi would call his uh, students to come and become his disciples. And so they forsook their business to come and become his disciples and to learn from him and to follow after him. And he said that he would do the making of them. He would make them fishers of men. Henceforth thou shalt catch men. Note here that Jesus did not promise him if he tried really hard or if he prayed really good or eloquently or if he wore the best robes and the cleanest clothes or if he had the most money, then then he would uh, catch men. But it just says, fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men because you're following me. You're following Christ. That is the principle. That's what we need to know, that we need to follow Christ and that we need to proclaim his word to every soul and every ear that can hear him, that can know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is the salvation. He is the hope. He is the deliverance. He is the one who has paid the price 
for the remission, for the payment, for the blood of all sins to be all covered, to be all removed from human beings from past, present, and future that anybody that trusts in Jesus Christ for their salvation and his finished work for their redemption shall be saved. Friend, it's an amazing thing that we can know that we can follow after Jesus as well. And from henceforth, if we follow him, we shall catch men as well. Friend, thank you once again for listening to the Walk with God podcast. It's been an amazing and a blessing studying the Word of God with you. If you have any praise uh, reports or prayer requests, please send them to me. I would love to pray with you about them and for them at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb at gmail.com, and I'll be sure to look for those. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow for the next Walk with God podcast.